Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Football Social Daily with German Doner Kebab. Now 40 restaurants across the UK. Find out where at germandonerkebab.com. Hello, this is Football Social Daily, Premier League football every day of the season in podcast form. Lovely stuff. I'm Jim Salverson. We've got a full house today. We've got Noel McCorn, who's hey. back from his adventures on the south coast of Portsmouth. <laughs> There's a bit of sunshine for once. Wow, we've got Marley Anderson here yeah. too. Costa del Portsmouth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in Costa del Manchester all week, so I'm all right. And Lee Whitehouse. He hello, completes hello. our three amigos for today. Hola, amigos. So, there is no need to worry. That is the message from Jurgen Klopp as Liverpool slumped to their third loss in four games. But is the wobble on? Surely Liverpool can't throw away their first Premier League title in 30 years. Can they? Can they? We'll discuss that very shortly. We're going to talk about Steve Bruce, who showed his tactical nous against West Brom, made... The changes at half-time, which almost resulted in losing a 3-0 lead in the FA Cup. We're going to be looking back at that game and the rest of the FA Cup action where Premier League teams were involved as well. Plus, there are three more games tonight with three cities in action. Manchester, Norwich and Leicester flavours. All playing in the FA Cup tonight. We'll talk about those games shortly. But first, let's start with Liverpool because they are still running away with the league. There is no doubt about that. But there is also no doubt that they have been poor in recent weeks. And Jurgen Klopp might be starting to panic a little bit. There is a hill to climb in the Champions League after losing to Atletico in the first leg. The unbeaten run has come to an end at the hands of Watford at the weekend and now they're out of the FA Cup after losing 2-0 to Chelsea last night. So, should Liverpool fans be starting to worry a bit yet? Mm, no. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think no, so. Not about the league, anyway. Uh, anyway, yeah, they've lost three of their last four games, and the one that they didn't lose was against West Ham. So, yeah. <laughs> but even in the West Ham, in, even in the West Ham game, uncharacteristic. Yeah, it wasn't convincing. In their wasn't West Ham. Do you know what it is? I, and I don't think. I don't think it's anything for Jurgen Klopp to worry about because I think the cushion is so massive. I don't think they're going to capitulate. I think they're just so far ahead. It's just. It feels like tiredness. It feels like now the legs are starting to, yeah. to catch up with Liverpool because last season they went deep in most competitions, didn't they? They obviously took it to the wire in the Premier League with Man City, ended up losing the league by a point. They got to the Champions League final two times in a row, by the way. So they've gone deep in those competitions. Um, so I think that, you know, maybe the tiredness is starting to catch up with Liverpool. And that's why this season I didn't actually predict Liverpool to do as well as they are doing. I thought, no. I think I predicted them to finish third and Spurs to finish second, which has also been a disaster. <laughs> but to, to, to be honest, I thought that the, the tiredness would creep up on, on Jurgen Klopp's players. And by all accounts, Jurgen Klopp trains the Liverpool players very, very hard. I think they do a lot of intense training mm. sessions. I think they do give it that they're all in training every day. And I think that that does catch up with you eventually. 
They've ridden uh, their luck this season in general. There's been a lot of games. Oh, the West Ham game would be an example I, of where they've come close yeah. to maybe oh, dropping yeah. points. And Henderson let the ball for his legs in the game against Sheffield United and they scored late against Aston Villa. But you don't twice you, late against you, Aston Villa. You, they were losing but, eight sixes. But you don't do that for three quarters of a season and it'd be called luck. And I think we're going to talk about Steve Bruce later, but Steve Bruce said a similar thing about Newcastle. Yeah. You know, flattering to deceive and being lucky, I think, are two <laughs> different things. Mm. Um, mm. Because Liverpool haven't played vintage football. I think they were better two or three years ago. You know, when Salah scored 40 goals that season, they seemed to wipe everyone away 4-5-0 for whatever reason. It hasn't really happened this campaign. I don't think Liverpool should be worried about it. I think the more interesting argument is not whether they'll capitulate, it's whether this now becomes a bit of an um, underachieving season. Unbelievably, well, I'm ta- I don't want to disrespect their achievement. They are going to win the Premier League and they are one of the best teams we've seen in the Premier League era, certainly in the last 10 years or so. However, I think that with the treble being up for grabs, that's now disappeared. That's the one thing mm. Manchester United fans are absolutely buzzing about yeah. today is that Liverpool lost last night, so the treble is off. And I think that with the way that they've been playing and dominating this season there was a real opportunity for them to scoop up everything and that's now disappeared. It looks like, I, I mean, I'm not going to write Liverpool off at Anfield, but the Champions League's an uphill battle. They're out of the FA Cup. They're out. They're obviously we're out of the League Cup. I mean, you, you'd say before the start of the season, win the Premier League, Club World Cup, Super Cup. They'd probably snap, <laughs> you, they'd probably snap your hands up off for it, but... I don't know, considering how good they've been this year, you think that maybe they could have achieved more. I was going to say, because I was slightly surprised how Klopp set up yesterday in the FA Cup. He obviously had an eye on the Premier League fixture at the weekend and the Champions League fixture coming up, rested a few key players, because this was their opportunity to not just be a good team, but to be classed as a great team. But as you said, the treble has now off the table, the Invincibles thing has gone, so... Their chances of being classified in those upper echelons of the best teams to have played in the Premier League is gone now. They're just looking at the end. The fear for them, I suppose, is the end. The season could just peter out. In in reality, it could literally they just 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 come to a a bit of a anticlimax yeah. in many ways. Yes, they get they're going to win the league, and mm. thirty years coming, and we'll see all the pundits coming out, you know, <laughs> raving about how great they've been and everything else. But actually, reality is if they don't. If they don't go on to do something now in the Champions League and it just does peter out, we'll forget how good they have been and just concentrate on the fact that they yeah. didn't do Arsenal, they didn't do a, um, they didn't win the treble like United, and it is it, they've run the risk now of just becoming a another average, yeah. another Man City type win a couple of years <laughs> ago when they used to win the, Man City. <laughs> when, they, when they used to when City used to win the league and everyone was just like, oh, well, City have won the league. First, what time was amazing so when they won it the second time round. It was all well, they're the best team in the country, but you know, without because they never really kicked on and did mm. things in loads of other competitions. Um, although they have won, I sort of stuck there with they won eight of the last six domestic competitions. I think Man City, but um, but yeah, for Liverpool, it's a bit of a bit of a yeah, not a concern for them at all. I, I, I agree with that. I think maybe it's a bit a bit of tiredness, but yeah, for the it just they don't they run the risk of not going down as that amazing team that they could have been and won't be remembered. Forever, like mm. their Arsenal team will always be remembered for the invincible. Can I just say, did you say eight out of the last six domestic Believe, competitions? Apparently so, yeah. That's a really that worrying... A, eight out of the last six is really amazing. Yeah, yeah. really. <laughs> Someone who does finances, they get <laughs> <laughs> concerned about the maths you're asking. Sorry, I mean, six out of the last eight, obviously. Uh, he wasn't go. reading it off a spreadsheet, so he was just like, well, these numbers make sense. Yeah, yeah, the numbers fine. made sense in my head. Um, <laughs> no, to be, to be fair, I mean, you'd, you could argue Liverpool probably should have been out of the FA Cup two rounds ago. 
You know, they, I mean, there was a, there was an argument that they probably should have lost to Everton yeah. and Everton played their full strength team, and then Curtis Jones scored a screamer for Liverpool, and then they they ended up beating them. Was it one nil, two nil? I can't remember the score, but they got through anyway. The kids, you know, got the better of Everton. Um, so. I mean, really, is is it getting this deep into the competition kind of a, I mean, obviously they, a bonus game for these players? They proved they're not interested. I yeah, think Jürgen Klopp's sure. proved oh, this isn't a priority this season. Really and the priority is the Champions League and the Premier League, which is all but sewn up. But they need to start finding a little bit of form before that Atletico game. Because yeah. if they go into it in the kind of form they're in, losing three out of the last four, hmm. then they're not going to get through to the next round of the Champions League. And that status of being one of the great Premier League clubs, one of the great challenges when they win European trophies and domestic trophies won't be there. Mm, I asked Marley earlier what he kind of thought about player of the season debate because everyone's saying Jordan Henderson, aren't they? And interestingly enough, since he's been missing, they've not played very well. Mm. You know, they've lost games when he's been injured. Um, so, you know, everyone's saying player of the season. I'm trying to think of... I, I don't think it should be Henderson, but I have no real argument to back it up. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think it should be him. But there's Jordan no one, But there's no one else who... It's coming into my thinking for the prize. Mean. So maybe it should be Henderson. And actually, now looking at it on face value, losing three out of the last four and games where Hen- the last couple of games where Henderson hasn't been around, they have struggled without him. So I guess that is, uh, you know, kind of a testament to, to how important some of these individual players are to what is an effective Liverpool team unit. In terms of the game last night, I mean, as disappointing as Liverpool were, Chelsea were impressive. And one of the most impressive players for Chelsea was Billy Gilmore mm. who stole all the headlines a complete display <laughs> looked like a real talent and looked just incredibly relaxed as well on the ball I mean it's it's testament to Lampard this season that he's unearthed another young player that looks like he could go on to be a world beater makes you wonder how many were at Chelsea in the first place <laughs> probably loads in, in that youth he's, team yeah. he's another one that's come through out of this uh, this transfer ban because you're thinking would he have ever got a chance under another manager, if they still had like Sarri, for example, Sarri wouldn't have even heard of him till he was about twenty-nine. I don't think. <laughs> so you know, this eighteen, nineteen-year-old kid, whatever he is, I mean, he sent. I seen that clip where he he sent Fabinho mm. just for a hot to dog. bloody Battersea <laughs> yeah. dogs home. He, yeah, was, yeah, he turned yeah. up. At, I think Fabinho is still looking for the ball like right now. <laughs> it was brilliant, like one of the best defensive midfielders in the world, and he just rolled it past him. Like, well, where are you going, pal? Like, and it's mm. on his like first proper start in a in a big yeah. game and he does look really good and the thing that I like about him is he's like five foot seven. Like coming through the age groups as a smaller player, you have to be twice as good because you can't rely on the physicality mm. and you can't be you know, you you're easily knocked off it's centre midfield. It's like a bloody war zone in there and he's like this little diminutive midfielder and he, he must annoy people because <laughs> the way he just goes past you. Past him, yeah. As a like Fabinho's probably running in thinking, I'm gonna smash this little kid off the ball. <laughs> yeah. Like like a year eleven going in against a year eight, I'm gonna smash this kid and he just goes past him, he's like, Crap, yeah. where did he go? I, mean, I didn't see but his performance, but he, apparently the I mean the they say the plaudits were all about him last night, but they were saying the other thing was I I saw one of the uh, Pundits were saying uh, it's interesting to see you know, you got these these world class players at Chelsea and they're just pinging the ball into him. You know some of these passes are they're quite risky. They, they were saying, well, obviously I didn't see them, but they were saying that you know they've got total faith in this young kid yeah. in the centre of their midfield, and that's that says a lot about mm. him. You know they've got so they've got some really great players through that Chelsea team, and yeah. they have total faith in putting the ball into him at pace, so he, knowing he's going to deliver what they need him to do with it, it's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, You look confident on the ball as well. I mean, like, like you say, you come in at 19, you expect there to be a bit of nerves. Um, but you look so confident, and Frank Lampard says, you know, that that's the kind of faith he has in these young players. 
and uh, you know he was he was looking to progress the ball. He moved really well with the ball. First half he was excellent. Second half it kind of tailed off a bit. Um, but there might be more opportunities for him because Kovacic went off injured last night and he's having a good season for Chelsea. He, he kind of got withdrawn. I don't know whether that was precautionary or whether he'll be available for the next few games for Chelsea. Um, they've also got a three 0 deficit in the Champions League. I don't know if Gilmore's included in the mm-hmm. the Champions League squad, but you know if they've got nothing to lose, Chelsea, then why not chuck in? the likes of Gilmore give him a bit more experience do you know what I mean so I think William came off did William come off injured as well Chelsea had a couple of moments with players with knocks that kind of uh, they weren't walking wounded at the end by any means but certainly there might be a, a cause for Billy Gilmore to come in and have a few more games um, it's a conundrum for Scotland though because they've got about 400 centre midfield players <laughs> and no one else and was, Gilmore's throwing his name into the hat yeah, I was just about to say he'll definitely be in the Scotland squad next 100%. year because everyone at the Scottish FA today will be thinking crap he's going <laughs> to <laughs> We've got to stop England from getting him. He's about yeah. to have an English granddad or something, yeah, or mum or dad or something. So uh, Andy Robertson spoke about him afterwards, and I was like, I wonder why Andy, Andy Robertson's speaking about him. I didn't realise he was Scottish. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, right, well, clearly Robertson's Scotland captain, so he's mm-hmm. having a look at him as well. And mm. obviously, you know, if you're good enough to play in the Premier League, you're good enough to play for Scotland, and mm. you're good enough to play in the FA Cup as well. So he's clearly going to be in that Scotland squad for when they don't qualify for a World Cup for the rest of his life. (laughs) (laughs) The other player that's worth a bit of a mention is Ross Barkley, who scored the second of Chelsea's goals as well in something that reminded me of the kind of goals that Ross Barkley used to score when he first popped up on everyone's radar and everyone was comparing him to Paul Gascoigne. Direct running, (laughs) took on a player, really good finish. I mean, it, it feels disappointing that he's become such a forgotten man at Chelsea. I mean, they were talking about him leaving in the January transfer window. It feels like it might be a little bit late for him to play his way into an England role, though, doesn't it? I was one of those fools that you mentioned that thought he was like Gascoigne. Absolutely <laughs> stupid <laughs> take for like me. It time. So yeah. stupid. Yeah, I think so. I think in terms of natural talent and the way he, he carried the ball, and, and you saw that in his goal last night, he, he almost drove straight through the heart of Liverpool's defence and just smashed it into the corner. Mm. And it, He made it look so simple, but the thing is with Barkley... He's the mo- one of the most frustrating players in the Premier League, I think, because you see that and you think, why don't you do that more often? And then you see him get into positions. He kind of drifted out to the left a little bit during the game yesterday as well at times. And it's just a decision making for me that, uh, that kind of makes me tear my hair out with Barkley. He gets into positions, you think, cross it sooner. Deliver it sooner. Sometimes he takes that one or two more touches that he needs to, than mm. he needs to, and that can sometimes fizzle out a move. For instance, if you look at someone like Kevin De Bruyne, who I think is the elite midfielder in the Premier League, the way he puts the ball into the box, obviously the technique is quality. I think Barkley has got a decent technique, but it's the timing. It's all about timing. You take that extra touch and Giroud's then straight straight half a yard offside and your opportunity to score is gone. And I think that, for me, is the most frustrating thing with Barkley. I think the, the, the talent is there, the vision is there, but it's just the timing and the decision-making needs to be swifter, it needs to be sharper, and I think that will certainly improve his game if he can build Where does that. he go, though? Because you've got... He's, he, he was at Everton, he was meant to be this superstar at Everton, and then it all kind of fell apart. And then he, he somehow got a move to Chelsea, which everyone was a bit confused yeah. about at the time. No mm. one understood where that had come from because he wasn't getting the Everton team. And now, you know, Chelsea was meant to be the, the step up for him. He was meant to, you know, come to this come to this stage where, you know, he can really show what he can do. Lampard's gone in there and he's proven that he's willing to put young English talent into a team and he's not looking at him. 
So where mm. where does Barkley go from here? Well, the fact he's not got a shout this season shows that his future isn't at Chelsea. Yeah. Because this was the season. If, if, if there's ever a season, play, it was yeah. this season. So he's, he's going to end up going to a mid-table Premier League side. Yeah, he'll he, get lost then, won't he? He'll just get lost in the, the whole load of midfielders that we have. Yeah. He's in, 26 in, now as well. So he's not getting any younger. He's too I mean, old for Lampard. That's that the problem. Be, that should be the peak of his career. I don't think he'll go. From Chelsea? Yeah. Mm. He's getting enough games. He's not getting... Is he? Like, yeah. How many games has he played this season? I reckon 10. What? If he's got, if he's got England aspirations, he's never he's never staying at Chelsea. Yeah, but where do you go to... For example, if you drop out of that top six club, it's harder. You're, you're then in the kind of Grealish situation where... You, you, well, I think you're the Grealish best player at your team. Gets in England this, this summer. I think, yeah, I think he will, but it's... It's that thing about him, like twelve appearances, no goals this season for Barkley. Well, in the Premier League, twelve. Mm. There you go. So twelve out of twenty-four games are we in? Twenty-seven games are we in? Yeah. So I don't know. I think I think he's playing as as much as he could at Chelsea. So it's that thing with whether he wants to go and be a big fish in a, in a smaller pond, like he was at Everton. Um, Ah, it's up to him, isn't it? Like it's a big, it's a, it's a, it's a crossroads. <laughs> really, I thought we were making the decision for it's him. A, it's a crossroads for his, for his career. It's all right. United will be linked with him soon. Yeah. United get linked with him. I, think, I think both of your points link up. You know, pretty pretty easily. I think Lee's got a point. Where does he go? And Marley's got a point. Well, nowhere. So he's going to stay at Chelsea. I think that's the, <laughs> the kind of the most obvious answer for everyone. Um, but like like we say, you know, twelve appearances, no goals, one assist this season in the Premier League. He's, he, like you've said, Jim, he should be getting more game time mm-hmm. under Lampard, you think, this season. Um, he, he's, he's become a squad player, yeah. which is unfortunate for him because he had bags of potential. He still might show that. You never know. You never know. Right, let's talk West Brom versus Newcastle. Get the cliche bell ready. I'm not sure where the cliche bell is, but game of two halves here. 3-0 up at half time, and then in the end, very lucky to win for Newcastle. What happened, Marley? It's 2-0 at half time. Was it, I thought it was 3-0. Two, no, it's good just, scored, after, just after half-time okay. to make it 3-0. But um, I don't know. It was, we were great in the first half. Um, oh, come on. You were playing against a team of pensioners in the first half. Oh, well, you, you had, put them out. It, well, well, I know. still great. Because that's because Slavan clearly doesn't give a damn about the FA Cup. To put mm. Chris Brunt and Gareth Barry in that centre midfield <laughs> yesterday, a 35-year-old and a 39-year-old. Chris Brunt still playing. Chris Brunt was still, <laughs> yeah. He started last Gareth captain, Barry, I think you Gareth need to be Barry's asking about. 39-year-old in there as well. He didn't even... You know, we, we didn't even put a team out to try and win that game, which was really fun. You still tried to give it away. Well, yeah, but that, that's what we do. I think Steve <laughs> Bruce said afterwards it's in our DNA to make it hard. And I it, didn't understand it, it, it that It absolutely comment. is. I didn't understand what Steve Bruce meant there. That's because you're not a Newcastle fan. Well, Everyone mean? Newcastle fan knows what How can what, it what be in a club's DNA when the player turnover is so high, when it's a different manager... And how and it, is he kind of offloading the blame there, going, "Oh, it's not my fault. We were rubbish. We almost gave it away." It's the DNA of the club. What's he talking about? No, it just means like that's the way it's been. Newcastle don't do things easily in in any part of the club <laughs> forever. Have you ever won a game three 0 Ever? <laughs> <laughs> not for a long time. Maybe, maybe when we were back in the championship. Yeah. I don't know. Did, but... did he get? Did Steve Bruce just get too cocky when you got three 0 up and thought, "Right, we've we've won this game now. It's game over." I no. West Brom had enough. Soon as the, soon as Barry came off and we brought Kravinovic um, on, he was the great. game just turned and we suddenly we turned up as an attacking foot. Bear in mind, can I just highlight that every single player that was in that West Brom starting starting eleven are all second team players at the moment. Bartley uh, ended the game against Wigan because Agazi got injured, and Raheem Harper started against Wigan and got called off, got pulled off after fifty minutes because he was absolutely awful. So the whole team was a second string, yeah. and we still did 
enough to get him get a um, get that to extra time in the. But well, does this half. show that West Brom are actually a decent team now? Because it's exactly the same team that played against Newcastle that beat West Ham in the previous round. Uh, no, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. When you've got, like I said, when you've got Chris Brunt and you've got Gareth Barry and you've got Austin up front as well. Austin was in no man's land. He was playing up front, and that's not his. That's not his game. Granted, but there's no pace in in that team, and we. I mean, it was interesting because when the third goal went in, um, everybody around us was saying, oh, you can just see the golfing difference here. You can see that. That's what the fans were genuinely mm. thinking who were there. It's like, yeah, you know, this is, there's a definite golfing class between where we are now in the Premier League. And I was like, no, no, hang on. This is our second team. Our first team, I'd have wished we'd have turned up with our first team last night because I think we'd have given Newcastle a really good game, mm. how well we played. Um, I just think Newcastle got, they got lazy, arrogant, and cocky with it, thinking they'd won the game. I mean, that's the only reason we got back in. And you know, it's like in football games: once that, um, once it turns in your favour and the momentum goes with you, mm. you know, suddenly a team. We just got on top. Which a team like Newcastle? I mean, that that team should never have let that happen last night. They should have, you know, really. We gifted you a third, and it should yeah. have gone well. Right, we're now we're just going to finish them off, and it just never, never happened. Yeah, I think when when we got to three nil, there was a clear like I was watching it thinking, oh, I hope they don't just pack up tools here. And then when that first goal went in, um, I think like when West when they brought Kravinovic on it, there was about half an hour to go, and I thought, I think he he, he had a couple of, like bright moments, mm. and I looked at the clock and it was like three nil, but it was sixty minutes, and I was like, well, that's a long time. Like half an hour is quite a long time. Mm. It's not like we scored on seventy minutes and you got twenty minutes mm. to then score three goals. I thought sixty minutes. Yeah. I thought Christ. I thought it was a bit later than that. Um, and then it was just all it was all West Brom from then. <laughs> yeah. And it was like we if it was nil nil, we would have coped with them so much better. But the fact it was three nil, everyone was like, ah, it just looked a little bit lazy. That everyone was like, oh, it's you know. You yeah. still got three goals, and then the first goal went in. No one was really bothered, and then I thought, if this second goal goes in before seventy-five minutes, we're we're knackered here. Crumbled, and I think yeah. it went in in like the eighty-ninth, ninetieth, mm. something like that. And yeah, I thought, thank God, there's only on. four minutes left because we yeah. we're just making silly mistakes. But in the first half, it was a it was the, opposite, the it? Yeah. best the best attacking <laughs> performance I've seen all season. Well, Steve Bruce deserves a little bit of credit for actually. Putting in an attacking performance and tweaking the formation and tweaking the lineup in yeah. an attempt to score a few goals for a change. Uh, a slight bit of credit, yeah, because <laughs> because like when you look at what he did, right? So we 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 played a new formation against Burnley, which was practically four four two. That new formation yeah, that no one's that, ever heard of. Yeah, four four two reverted yep. back. Um, and then we played like a four five one sort of four two three one formation last night. And if you look at who we played last night, we played Lazaro on the right of midfield. He's a right midfielder. We played St. Maximan on the left. He's a left midfielder. We played Almiron in a a number 10 position Mm. um, where he spent his entire Atlanta United career, and that's why we spent 20 million on him, and played Joe Linton up front. So actually with support, the support of Almiron and the other two behind him. And it was like, well, you're just putting aces in places there. You're just playing Mm. players where they play. Like, it's not... This isn't rocket science. (laughs) Like you play your three, you've got we've basically got three sparks in our team: Joe Linton, Saint Maximan, and Almiron. And if you can get each of them in the in the best position, and you attack the Mm -hmm. game, you're going to have more success. Like if you are lumping balls up to Joe Linton from a five-man defence, he's not going to do naff all. He's not Mm going to do anything. Mm -hmm. So then to change it and to play 
Almiron in the number ten position where he was he was amazing. Like Played he was, very, he well, was yeah. very very good. Like he he had space, he had he had a little bit of space, and he also had like <laughs> Lee mentioned a thirty five year old and a thirty nine year old <laughs> to run at who were just <laughs> in their pants because they yeah. were like, oh my god, here he comes, he's running yeah. at us. What do we do? Should we close line him? Should we just trip him? Just what should we do? Yeah, and that, that's just yeah. Almiron. Let alone Saint Maximan who played. Yeah, well he played well. really well last night. Well, first half he was he was brilliant. I mean, well you've he, seen he, it for Almiron's first. First goal. Yeah, I mean, because we put him on the floor and then he just got off he just, and just turned and went and that was it. But that's um, what that's what he's so good at. When he when he goes on the floor, he just gets back up and it's like, yeah. it's like a, a movie when you you punch the boxer and he just stands back up again <laughs> and he's like, oh crap, he's still here. Like here he comes again yeah, and he just runs he, past. He you was then. big on the second goal as well. I mean, I know it was the the back heel. They yeah, got him good, and put yeah. it. it was, I mean. Got a bit fortunate on the back because he deflected in the path. But you've got at least you were attacking, and you're all over us at that point. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. could be if anything. You, um, if you yeah. look at West Brom's first goal, though, the defending from Newcastle was was pretty poor, was pretty poor. I thought it was bouncing all over the place, deflecting everywhere. Yeah. And I think they, they, maybe that's, that's the crumbling, not it the crumbling. A, but there was the, a few efforts like that bef- leading up to it, though. There was about there was a there was five or ten minute window leading up to that first goal, and you thought it's coming, and you could you, the, the fans could sense it. We thought, right, we keep on at this. I mean, we were getting all all over your right back. Who just, um, I mean, Carl mm. Edwards is not, he's not our, but you know, he's not our best um, left wing mm. by any means. But he had a he had a really good second half yesterday. I thought he was and, really um, good. Yeah, you know, it's just interesting that we just felt that that was the way through down that side, mm. and everything came that way. And um, yeah, we, you looked poor on set on, on defending yeah. crosses. And actually, last night we. West Brom actually delivered some decent delivery in the past. We, we were normally pretty average yeah, at that yeah. this year. Um, but yeah, we 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 saw that as a key weakness to you as well because everything was mm. coming over. So, uh, just yeah. a quick one as well. That's the first time Newcastle have been in the FA Cup quarterfinals since Mike Ashley took over the club. Wow. 14 wow. years. Wow. 2006. So no wonder the fans, there was 5,000 Geordies. No wonder they were going absolutely mad. Mm. Tops off, yeah, flares, inflatables. Great atmosphere. It, it yeah, was really well, good. You've got to admit, it was, it, it was a good atmosphere. But and they've not won the FA Cup for 65 years. It's a club like Newcastle. I mean, we call them a sleeping giant or whatnot. They, they, I mean, the fans deserve at least yeah. some effort in the but FA Cup. But it will be 66 years by the end of this season, unfortunately, <laughs> they're going to win this one. Joining them in the next round, Sheffield United. They beat Reading yesterday. I mean, I'm, I've tried to think of something interesting to say about this game, but it's really difficult to find anything to say about it. Go on. No, I was waving his arm in the air like he's going to say something David, poignant. David McGoldrick scored a header. It's his first goal of the season. It's his first goal since April. So what's that? Ten months? Nearly a year. Wow. Well, I mean, months, that's that? mad. That's mad. Sheffield United are what eighth in the Premier League, mm. and their yeah. two strikers that they had, Billy Sharp, scored his third goal of the season, and McGoldrick scored his first goal of the season, <laughs> and they're eighth in the Premier League. So it just goes to show that that is a real team unit all chipping in. Mm. Um, they'd make it a bit difficult for themselves in the end. Re- um, it took them until extra time. Um, it's just not a priority for them, though, is it? For the Sheffield Why? United? Why not? They, this it is should the, be. This it really should, quite, should be. They played quite a long, a strong be. team. It's just nonsense. This is what I don't understand. Why is the FA Cup not a priority for Mike Ashley? Because the Premier League's worth more money. I think it is. For the support... No, no, no. They've not reached the FA Cup quarterfinals since Ashley took over the club. Is that intention or is that just ability? Well, I'm sure there's directive from owners that says, we want to keep our place in the Premier League and the fans. I'll tell you what, Marley, I don't know what your opinion on this is, but Phil Hudson, another Newcastle fan who was on the podcast before, Mm. he said to me, I would take relegation to the Championship if it meant we won the FA Cup. He said that, and I've. Do you know what? I don't. I don't blame him because football's about glory. I mean, there's there's joy about staying up in the Premier League. Oh, great! 
this is Newcastle United. They should be doing better than this. Sheffield United are in such a prime position. They're having such a good season. Mm. Why not try and capitalise on that? Because next year they might be yeah. fa- battling the drop. That, that but if you're, if you're Sheffield United, if you're Sheffield United, where is your better chance of European qualification now? As they currently hey, Sheffield stand. United, Sheffield United, Europe, European qualification is just a bonus from the good season. Well, no, having. but that's what they're looking at now. And they, they, when you get a sniff of European qualification, they're in what, seventh in the Premier so League? So if they get to the FA Cup semi-finals or even the FA Cup final and they lose to... Chelsea or Arsenal, they're going to be in Europe anyway. I think that's a tougher call than potentially finishing in the top six. There's no chance. Sheffield United won't finish in the top six. (laughs) Big call here from the Dial. Oh, that's a big chat. They won't finish Um, in the top six. Sorry, they won't. I've got to say, I'm agreeing with you. If if you're a fan of Sheffield United at the moment, yeah, you you had an amazing season, but why not not want your club to prioritise the FA Cup? You're safe. When you went into this season, your priority was finishing on 40 Mm. points. They're already there, they're already safe. Why not privatise a chance of getting to a cup final? And because let's put it, how many, how many of us see their team in? I know you've, I know now you've seen your team win it, but how many of us see us in a in a, a clubs um, in a cup final when you don't support the big six? You mm. know, you just don't see it. So when you've got that opportunity, they know in the last day, I'd like to see them really kick on and go at this competition because. They've got they've got a genuinely ch- genuine yeah. chance of winning. They it. won't ever have a better t- chance to win this. Tournament. But I think this is where Ever. fans and clubs differ. I 100% agree with you. My best memory of being a West Ham fan is losing to Liverpool in the in FA the Cup final, final, which yeah. is a really depressing thing. <laughs> the best memory as a West Ham well, fan. You're so close to winning it. <laughs> yeah, well. but it's getting into that final and it's the mm. event and yeah, it's the, the day. day yeah, it's, yeah. But I don't think clubs necessarily think about that. I think they look at the £1.5 million that every position in the Premier League is yeah, worth. Yeah. They yeah. look at the qualification chances of Europa League or F. Well, Champions League, whatever. We said on here before, though, do fans really care about the money? We don't do it. No, it's, no, all no. About, it's all about the glory. It's all about the glory. No, no. I mean, I think we played Arsenal on Monday. I think Portsmouth picked up over a million quid in like TV revenue and ticket gate receipts and stuff. Mm. I mean, yeah, okay, great. It's a million quid in the club, but we can't spend that now until next season. And whether we're in the Championship or League One, that determines. I mean, many people will say, I would have liked to have beaten Arsenal. <laughs> of course he would. Um, but yeah, I mean, every club has their priorities. But I think Sheffield United, they're going to, I think. They'll they'll finish in the top ten. I don't think they'll finish in the Champions League. But there's a high chance that they'll get Europa League football at least this mm. season, at least. So why not go for the FA Cup? What a season that would be for Sheffield. United. I think anyone who gets into the quarterfinals suddenly you start taking it seriously. You do. You? This is that's whatever the, happens. I mean, we yeah. were saying if we'd have, last night going into the game, if we'd have beat Wigan at the week at the weekend, um, which I mean we were terrible against Wigan, but if we'd have beat Wigan, we'd have had a nine point cushion, and I think we'd have gone into the Newcastle game with a different mindset. Mm. We'd have gone in with a stronger team with a view to win it. But because I think he's, Slava's looking at, he's, we've got Swansea away on Saturday and he's saying, priority for us is promotion this year, no doubt. Sure. But if we had a nine point cushion, we'd have, I think we'd have gone in with a different mindset against Newcastle and give it more of a go. Uh, but I think, he's, I think the Wigan game scared him when he wanted to rest rest all the key mm-hmm. players for him. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think, yeah, Sheffield and I just got to go and try and win this this year for me. It's, yeah. Well, this time tomorrow, there'll be three more teams in the FA Cup quarterfinals. We'll talk about the three games for Manchester City, Leicester and Norwich City next on Football Social Daily. Football Social Daily with German Donner Kebab. Kebabs done right every time. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Welcome back to Football Social Daily. We're talking the FA Cup after Premier League involvement in the Cup last night and tonight as well. Before we get onto the games tonight, we're going to sneak in a little review midway through the podcast for a change. If you want to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts... 
chances are you'll get a nice shout out on the podcast as well. And today's shout out goes to Kieran from the USA who's given us a five star review. Here's what he has to say. He says, as a 13 year old living in the US, it's great that you guys give me the news in the Premier League every morning. It's a good to listen to someone who pays as much attention to soccer as much as I do. Keep up the great work. Kieran, the Everton fan. Firstly, thank you for your review, Kieran. Secondly, Legend. it's not soccer. It's not soccer. It's football. <laughs> <laughs> and thirdly, you're 13, mate. You've got your whole life ahead of you. It's not too late to switch allegiances from Everton to someone else and <laughs> no. protect yourself from Stick a world Stick to of your pain. guns. Don't listen to this bit of West Ham. <laughs> Stick <laughs> to your guns. I know, I know what I'm talking about. In the US. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's talk about more FA Cup action tonight. Please leave us a review, by the way. You can do it in iTunes and we will give you a shout out on the podcast. Five stars. You can give us whatever you like, whatever you think we're worth, but five stars are the good <laughs> ones. Right, more FA Cup action. All the cities in action tonight. Manchester, Leicester and Norwich all playing. A bonus city as well. Birmingham are in action too. So let's start with that game it's Leicester City versus Birmingham City Leicester still without Jamie Vardy but Wilfred and Diddy is back and Leicester City will fancy this one and they'll fancy an FA Cup run as well there's a team that you mm, would expect to be taking this seriously well they've lost the last two and drew the two before that I think didn't they and then you know the gap from Chelsea which was what nine points or 12 points or one point is now down to five mm. so I think there might be a few concerns from Brendan Rodgers about maintaining a spot in the top four. I think the top four now is wide open with Chelsea hitting a, a dip in form. Just one win in the last five games for them in the Premier League. Manchester United just three points behind. Wolves as well on 42 points. So I think Leicester might be starting to look over their shoulders a little bit. I think that Brendan Rodgers will want to win this game not to get through to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup, but just to try and get that winning feeling back, get that winning mentality back again. Um, the start of the season, you know, Leicester were, were scoring goals for fun. They were free scoring. They were winning games. They were sweeping people aside. And since Christmas, um, since obviously Jamie, Jamie Vardy's dropped, dropped off a cliff yeah. and Didi got injured, which I think was huge for them. And as you mentioned, he's back tonight. Um, I think they can be positive um, about tonight's game. And I think Brendan Rodgers will be targeting a win simply to try and get that momentum back again and bring that into the Premier League. Their next game is against Aston Villa in the Premier League. And as we know, um, that's going to be a huge game for Villa with with them having a game in hand, of course, and down there in the relegation zone. Teams all around Villa picking up points at the weekend whilst they played in the Carabao final against Man City. So I think that the next uh, couple of weeks could be massive for Leicester. If Chelsea keep winning and, and Manchester United and Wolves keep picking up points, Tottenham as well, uh, if they start a charge, then it might be a you know a difficult run-in for Leicester. So I think Brendan Rodgers will want to win this game purely just to try and get that winning feeling back. Well, as you say, I mean, they looked nailed on for second or third earlier on in the season. Yeah, they they did, had a bit yeah. of a lead over Manchester City and that's kind of ebbed away. So it's Seven a, points behind City It's now. about getting that confidence and it's about getting that winning feeling back. And if you're Brendan Rodgers, if you had to pick an opposition from the teams that made it through to the quarterfinals, Birmingham City would be pretty close to the top of that list. Yeah. They, they would have been. I, Blue, although, to be fair to Birmingham, they have, they have picked up since um, they changed the manager. I think Pep Clotet's gone in there. Pep Clotet, uh, yeah. And they, they've... I mean, they've they're safe some, in the championship now, aren't they, Someone was much. saying to me... Um, they're 15th they're on 47 15th, points. Yeah, they, they're, um, they're unbeaten in the last off. six. They drew the last four, though. Um, they won the two before that. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're nine points above the relegation zone. They're, 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 he's made them very difficult to beat. So I don't think it's going to be a walk in the park for Leicester. But saying that, if Leicester go and take this seriously... You'd expect the the Premier League quality to come through. Mm. For honest, I I can't see I can't see Birmingham stopping. Not not away as well. I, if if they were at St Andrews, it's a horrible place to go. 
Um, it really is a horrible part of Birmingham. Oh, it's just it's a dump of a place. There's a West Brom bias. Uh, <laughs> it's a uh, it, it is an absolute dump. Um, well, you were there the other week, no? You, I was, you, can, yeah. you can back that up. Um, when I, if it was at St Andrews, they'd have. I, I think they'd have had a had a bit of a chance of sneaking a shock result, but I can't see it. Not at, Le- not at Leicester. It's funny that um, as well today the uh, the news has come out that Jude Bellingham has apparently agreed terms with uh, Borussia Dortmund as well. So. Um, oh, that's the guy United would have to win. Yeah, 30 million quid for a 16-year-old. It's again, if this proves to uh, materialise, then it's another thing of Dortmund looking at English youngsters and saying, mm. well, he deserves to be playing at a, mm. a top club like yeah. like they did with Sancho. And players have started to realise that now and knowing that they're going to get a chance to play when yeah. they make the move mm. to Germany and they exactly, are going to get yeah. first in football and it's going to help the development. There's loads of English lads in, in Germany. Ethan, Ethan Ampadu is at Leipzig. You got Adam Ola Luckman. I think yeah. he's at uh, he's at Leipzig as well. Reece John Nel- Joe John Re- Joe Kenny's at yeah. um, Schalke. I think Reese Nelson had a loan spell last year, didn't he? Hoffenheim, yeah, Hoffenheim. yeah. So yeah, no, yeah, I think Marley's right. I think Birmingham um, would be stupid to turn down the money. I think the they club. I think the club need to, the money basically. Yeah, the money. Um, obviously, they had a massive points deduction, didn't they? Was it last season um, mm. for financial fair play breaches? Um, they've managed to keep themselves afloat. They've drawn four out of their last five games, Birmingham. So they seem to be a bit of a draw specialist at the moment. Um, yeah, I think I think Lee's right, and I think Marley's right. It's good. It's good to see the youngsters getting a chance. Bellingham started the season playing a lot of cup games for Birmingham, um, and then he kind of forced his way into the league side. And uh, I, I just can't see I can't see anything other than than Leicester picking up a victory, whether that be a big margin or a slim margin. I don't know, but I just fancy Leicester for this. Manchester City, they're away at Sheffield Wednesday tonight. Tough calls for Pep Guardiola to make. We've already talked about teams taking this seriously. He kind of needs to take the FA Cup seriously, but they've got fixture issues as well. They're playing this weekend in the Premier League. They've just been handed Arsenal as a midweek game next week, which is crazy late notice for any fans who actually want to attend that game. One week's notice for a rearranged Premier League game. Then they've got Real Madrid the week after. So Pep Guardiola need to take it seriously because at the end of the day, FA Cup and League Cup double suddenly rescues the season a little bit. But at the same time, he's not going to want to risk too many key players in this game. They're defending champions of the FA Cup. So that will that will count for something. Mm. Um, I don't know anything about Sheffield Wednesday, anything about them at all. Uh, for whatever club reason, based in Sheffield, they, they, <laughs> they seem to be kind of always in the mid-table yeah. reaches of the Championship, and they have been since they got promoted like five years ago from mm. League One. I have a soft spot for Sheffield Wednesday, and I don't know why. I just think because they're an old traditional football club um, I've never been to Hillsborough <laughs> it... I've got a software but I couldn't tell you anything about them I, know. I don't know why I don't know I, I'm, I'm quite a big fan of Owls as well so I guess, I guess <laughs> they have a good they have a good uh, crest um, I've, but... I've been to Hillsborough Hillsborough's quite good uh, is it cool it's quite yeah, an old yeah, it's, well, it's right. a historic yeah, stadium yeah. isn't it it's a yeah. historic stadium so I would like quite like to go there um, they must be Absolutely sick to the back teeth of hearing everyone pl- praise Chris Wilder and Sheffield United this season. Yeah. Um, so I guess Sheffield Wednesday will be out kind of for mm. a little bit of, right, we'll show you we've got a bit about us yeah. as well. I've known nothing about them. I don't know what players they've got. I've not a they, clue, but I can't they see... They were sniffing around the top of the championship a couple of weeks back. So, I mean, I think after Christmas, they were, they were around sixth and everyone was tipping them to really make the charge because they were in good form and they've literally gone the other way. Um, I'm just looking at their stats now. They've they've only won one in the last six, and they lost three of those. So they're not in a great they're only, they're not in great shape, Sheffield Wednesday. So playing Man City on a week, they're not going to want. Plus, you know, with the Championship, you're playing it every every Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. So midweek fixture, another fixture that they could do without, in my opinion, in the form that they're in. 
I just don't see anything. That, well, City should walk yeah, past yeah. these uh, regardless. Well, well, that's the thing, isn't it? Sheffield Wednesday, 12th on 48 points. It looks like it might be too much of a stretch to get into the playoffs <coughs> and keep themselves there. So actually, this game might actually be quite important for Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> Play a full-strength side against what is probably going to be a weakened City team. Whether Pep Guardiola plays Foden after his performance at the weekend it will be an interesting one. Um I, I don't you see why would, he wouldn't. wouldn't I don't see why you he wouldn't would. play him. Um, yeah. But yeah, no. I, I think I, the big question is who he plays in defence, isn't it? Because they've got so many issues at the back at the moment. They can't risk an injury to Fernandinho. They can't risk an injury, probably weirdly, to Otamendi. Now he's become important for them <laughs> the running. So who do you play at centre back? Who do you play at the Just back? Give it John Stones again. He'll, he'll fall over. They've got enough. They've got <laughs> enough to cover it. He's, he, if he's due, if he's due a mistake in a game, they've got enough up front to to cover it. They, they'll they'll go and if, if he makes one, in the, they can score two to cover him off, can't they? So, that, that, um, I think like with Sheffield Wednesday have a couple of like experienced. Premier League players in, in their team. They've got Stephen Fletcher as their sort of main yeah. forward. They've got Connor Wickham on loan from Crystal Palace. He's cup tied though, he can't play tonight. Ah, oh, well, that's <laughs> anyway. Um, and they've got Jordan Rhodes as well, um, who's been around, he's been at Huddersfield a long time. He's been one of the prolific championship scorers. He's, he's over never years really made years. the move, has he, Jordan Rhodes? Yeah. Um, then if you look at where they can potentially <laughs> hurt Man City, uh, Forestieri is pretty good, the number 10. Um, well, not he wears number forty odd, but forty five. But he's uh, he's a mm. decent player. He's sort of a live wire that can can potentially cause problems. But let's be honest, Man City should should steamroll Wednesday. Yeah. To be honest, um, John Stones is a Barnsley fan, and there was a little bit of needle between Barnsley and Sheffield Wednesday a few weeks ago. So <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, John Stones might get the last laugh. The, there. the biggest issue Sheffield Wednesday are going to get is like what most clubs get in the Premier League. Even is you can't get the ball. It's like having the, getting the ball against Man City. If you play the game with um, with only thirty percent potential of having the ball, if they're having seventy, you got no chance, have you, to yeah. rely on Fletcher to get that. To score on that one occasion, we saw a little bit of that with Reading against Sheffield United. They just set up to be (laughs) solid and hard to break down. It didn't work for Reading against Sheffield United. You can't imagine it working for Wednesday against Manchester City. And City haven't lost in eleven games versus Sheffield Sheffield Wednesday. So the writing's (laughs) maybe on the wall for that one. Last game is Tottenham versus Norwich City. Now, seven days ago, you would have backed Spurs for this one, but. They seem to be imploding completely. Mourinho's having his breakdown three years earlier than he normally has it. Norwich City beat them at the weekend. Uh, sorry, Norwich City beat Leicester at the weekend. So, I don't know. Could be a shock result, this, if Norwich City beating Tottenham <laughs> is a shock result. Well, the games between these two teams this season have been close. I think that in December, when Tottenham played against Norwich, they had to score a couple of late goals to salvage a 2-2 draw. Mm. So I think the games between these two sides this season have been close. Norwich have sold 9,000 tickets to take to Tottenham um, which by their standards is very (laughs) good going especially in a midweek game Um, they're going down aren't they I'm sorry any Norwich fans listening they're going down so to be perfectly honest why not attack the FA Cup I mean I don't think they're going to stay up I mean Daniel Fark won't ever say that they're going down because you just can't do that when you're a manager I think most fans have resigned themselves to the fact they'll be playing in the championship next season um, but they'll take confidence out of the games they have played against Spurs this season and the fact that Jose Mourinho's side are pretty much in a bit of a a damp spell at the moment you know it's not really going great for them they've got injuries um, and, and I think Norwich might fancy themselves tonight I think that this might be one of those the shackles are off sort of games oh no we're not back to the, the trudge of the league we've got a chance to get through to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup until this season Norwich City had not won a game in the FA Cup for seven years 
which is a balmy statistic. That is balmy. That is I don't crazy. really get this concept of having cup pedigree for a team, but you do seem to have teams that do well in the cup and some teams that don't. And I guess Norwich City is just one of those teams that don't, don't do well in the cup, although they have beaten Burnley and Preston. In this runs, so they've not come up against seriously. They've also been opposition. pretty average over those years. I mean, as a team, they, mm. they weren't. I mean, we'd expect them to win a game, wouldn't you? Depends yeah. who they've drawn in those com- in the cup. Well, well they, though, they'll yeah. always be third round. They come in at the third round, so it's not That's like they're coming in against the League Two side no. to start the competition. So it could be anyone from the same league or the league above uh, that they take on. So I guess yeah, that is pretty mad though. You'd expect them maybe to have a, a chance of winning one in seven games. Uh, yeah. I'd, I don't know what the score is going to be tonight. It's one of those where I wouldn't be stunned if Norwich win. Um, and also at the same time, if Spurs win convincingly, I wouldn't be shocked either. No. So it's definitely a 50-50 game, which is unusual because you think with Tottenham that it would be more likely to be them. Problems for both teams in the striking departments. Timo Puki is out for Norwich and we know about Spurs' lack of firepower at the moment. Kane and Son both out. There's been a load of calls from Spurs fans for Troy Parrott to start this weekend, uh, this week. Jose Mourinho, very dismissive of those calls, said that Spurs fans don't even know what Troy Parrott looks like. (laughs) (laughs) Which, I mean, the suggestion is he's going to be on the bench. That's pretty much what Mourinho said, which you never rule it out from Mourinho, do you? In this kind of game, you can imagine him maybe getting a chance. If there's ever a team that needs to take this competition seriously, surely it's Spurs. I mean, this this is what Mourinho, Mourinho can go in as much as they've had a... Of a disaster season. If Mourinho wins this competition, he's already done more than Pochettino ever did. Yeah. Um, and that'll be his thing, wouldn't it? That'll be his big mantle. He's, you know, I've done something that that previous yeah, guy it, couldn't do. Every press conference, um, he'll mention that. Yeah, now, he yeah. will bring yeah. it up for that. This will be this will be his best ever achievement, just like the Man United win in Europa. So, I think he'll. I fancy Spurs just because it's Mourinho in a cup competition. He knows how to win cup competitions. It's mm. the one you know. He's he's his whole. Um, career in terms of management. It's why he's there? He's there to win silver, yeah, and I think yeah, that's sure. where he'll he'll turn up. He'll put a good team out, and I think they're good. Regardless of their issues at the moment, yeah, they're going through a bit of a lean spell. This the FA Cup could be a nice distraction as well. We always say a distraction from the league and all the rest of it. This is an ideal time for them to be playing an FA Cup game to try and get themselves back in mm. and get the get momentum going for the top four, but. They, they, if they want to win something, this has got to be... It's got to be close. got to be... This is... is <laughs> they're thinking this has got to be their, their year yeah. if they want to get somewhere. Um, the you, draw goes right. You do know why Timu Puki's not fit, don't you? He's got the flu. <laughs> Him and Alex Tetty have got the flu. So Niles yeah. making inverted commas with his fingers. You can't see them on a podcast. That's but we kind of know what he's You're making it up, Jim. With the... Um, Troy Parrott thing. I mean, this is the one thing that a lot of Spurs fans were worried about with the appointment of Mourinho, that he wouldn't give youth the chance. He wouldn't let players develop into the first team. And he said he is worried about the development of Troy Parrott, which, A, if you're a young player at Tottenham, that's going to set alarm bells going. And B, it kind of proves those doubters wrong that said he doesn't let the young players have an opportunity in the first team. Yeah. Um, he. Do you remember when he was at Man United and... There was that thing of you don't play youth players, and he came in with the uh, the bit of paper, the paper saying I'll give this guy his debut and this guy's <laughs> yeah, debut. Yeah. And then it's, it, sometimes when he gives players his debut, it's like just to keep his numbers up, <laughs> like to cover himself in future. Sometimes, um, so for example, he'll probably say if he's pressed on this in in press conferences in future, he'll probably say I've give uh, Jaffet Tanganga loads of games, <laughs> you you bunch of idiots, you don't know what you're talking about. Um, but he mentioned parrot. Um, what was it? He said something around um, he, he, when he plays for the under-23s, he plays like he's too good for them. 
um, and he's he's not showing the best attitude. Mm. Um, oh, is that because he knows he's too good? I don't know. Like, is that a bad thing? When is when is it is it acceptable to say, well, the first team hasn't got any strikers, so I don't want to play for the under twenty three because I I should be getting a chance. I think it's kind of understandable to say, well, why am I playing for the 23s when our two strikers at the entire club are both injured? You can see both points, can't you? You can understand yeah. that mentality, but at the same time, if it's your team, if it's your player, you want yeah. them to play for whoever they have to pull the shirt on for. That's the kind of expectation you have on a fan level. Yeah. don't think that's realistic, but it's kind of the expectation you have. Yeah, and I think yeah. it goes to show this whole Mourinho youth thing, and I think Marley's right. I think sometimes he does give debuts to players just so... You can kind of dispel that myth. I think that that's a good point because if you look at Mikel Arteta, he's been at Arsenal five minutes mm. comparatively to how long Jose's been a manager. Um, I know he didn't give debut to Bukayo Saka, but I mean, what's Saka the most assist for Arsenal this season? What's he, yeah. 18, 19 years of age? Yeah, Phil Foden. Yeah. You know, that's his, What's that's Phil Foden's third Carabao Cup win, I think, isn't it? <laughs> um, and he's, he's 19 years old. Billy Gilmore pulling strings last night for yeah, yeah. Chelsea against Liverpool, 19 years of age. Jadon Sancho, in another league, albeit, is probably going to be in the Premier League in the next couple of seasons. Mm. 19, 20 years old, absolutely bossing it. Um, Mbappe, he came through, a world-class talent came through um, at a young age. Rashford was given an opportunity um, by Van Gaal and then Mourinho obviously took the reins with that one. What have Tottenham got to lose by putting Troy Parrott in? It's not like you're putting in an 18-year-old goalkeeper because Lloris and um, Gatsanega and everyone's been injured and they could lose you the game, they could make a mistake. You've got nothing to lose. Mm. You've got nothing to lose. All he can do is win you the game. He can't lose you the game unless he obviously does something ridiculous. But he can't lose you the game by being a, an 18-year-old striker. He can't. Um, but maybe Jose is showing him a bit of tough love and we don't see what goes on behind the scenes at the training ground. Maybe he is banging on the manager's door saying, listen, our strikers are injured. I want to play. And Jose's going, hang on a sec. Pipe down a bit. A minute, lad. You know, maybe that's what it and is. Got we don't know what's Stevie going on. Stevie Bergwin's doing quite well leading the line. You've got um, Lucas Moura in there, who's not done massively brilliantly since Kane and Song got injured, but he can score goals. So you'd still fancy that Spurs, with or without Troy Parrott, have got enough to get through if, this one. If there's question marks over the boys' um, attitude, though, Mourinho's never going to play him, is he? I mean, it's as simple as that. He ain't yeah, going to buy into that ironically. straight away. It's just ne- if there, if I don't there like is this, with bad attitudes. If there, there is this bad, yeah. <laughs> if there is this bad attitude issue, uh, issue going around, if he does think he's too good to be playing for the, the under-23s mm. and, he's show, and he's showing that in his performances, then he's never going to um, get in, be good in Mourinho's eyes. And I think that'll be... He won't. He won't start. Him. Yeah. Simple as that. He just won't. Stubborn character, isn't he? He is. Once his mind's made up, you ain't got a chance. Right. That is it for Football Social Daily, otherwise known as Who Should Take the FA Cup Seriously Daily, <laughs> which is what we've been talking about for the last 40, 50 minutes or so. Thank you very much for listening. Cheers, Niall, Lee, Marley. Cheers, Make sure you subscribe cheers, cheers. to this podcast so you never miss an episode. And we'll see you next time on Football Social Daily. Football Social Daily with German Doner Kebab. Find your nearest GDK restaurants at germandonerkebab.com.